0: Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tammanini Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, my guest has been one of my favorite performers for over 15 years, Eden Espinoza. Whether you were first exposed to her via the original live cast album from the musical Brooklyn, like I was, or you saw her as Elphaba in Wicked on Broadway, or you have her albums Look Around in Revelation and Heavy Rotation on your streaming service of choice, or you know her from the Disney animated Tangled series, or you saw her touring the country as Trina in Falsettos last year, or you were just dying to see her in the Broadway-bound musical Limpika, I think that you will really enjoy this conversation. Starting on February 9th, Eden will have a four-performance residency at the Green Room 42, in which she is calling the shows Unplugged and Unplanned. We will obviously talk about what exactly that means in just a moment. We will also have a link for you to buy tickets to her shows in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. Okay, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Eden Espinosa. So you've got these four shows in February at the Green Room 42. I believe it's the 9th, 16th. 23rd and the 28th, and I love the the catchphrase or the tagline for this little mini residency is unplugged and unplanned. And and you're gonna have guests Correct. and you're gonna do requests, but like that's not how cabarets generally work. Um so what was I know <laughs> what was the impetus for this kind of spontaneous off the cuff kind of show?
1: Um I actually I there's a series out in LA that Shoshana Bean has curated and and oh, cool. um, is producing called um, called Standards at the Standard. And she just kind of created this intimate, safe space for artists to come and, and play and try new things. And, and it's very, you know, off the cuff. And, and I, I did a night there just recently and it scared the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> uh, because, you know, normally we, we have a set list and we rehearse and, and I, and we did rehearse and we did have a set list, but, um, it was just a very, um, scary slash on the other side of it, very freeing and challenging, um, but thoroughly enjoyable as I was going through it. And I, I just wanted to stretch myself a little bit more and challenge myself into not being so planned and not being so polished. And, you know, I'm move, I'm in, in a space of, um, a very like, Beautiful authenticity as a human being. And I want that to follow into my work. And I, I really love creating um, a back and forth with my audiences and a, a dialogue. And I like for it. To, I like for people to leave my shows feeling like they've gotten to know me a little bit, or they've, they've had a, some time with me in my living room. Um, uh-huh. And so I just wanted to keep it very stripped down me and a guitar or me and a piano and kind of just create a camaraderie with the people who are there that night. And I wanted it to be different every week so that if somebody wanted to come back, they could, or if the people who are there that night, they feel like they've gotten their own little, you know, their own little window into, into myself and how I was feeling that week. And, um, You know, I want them to be involved and that's why I want to do requests and I want people to ask me questions. And yeah, I just want people to feel like they're not only um, spectators, but they're participants as well.
0: Yeah, and that's very much not, like I said, what a cabaret would be, but also as a a performer and a singing actor, like that's very different from what you are probably used to doing. I, I just wonder having done something like this. Uh, out in California and then preparing for this. What is it that you get different, whether it's artistically or emotionally or or anything really with this compared to not just cabarets, which you've talked about in concerts, but Mm -hmm. like from being in a Mm -hmm. show or a musical or a play or something like that?
1: I think that, you know, for me as a, as a human being, as a woman, as an actor, I, I strive to be my most authentic self in, in everything that I do. And this, this way, um, it's, it it really is just giving people a window into who I am as a human first. And, and, you know, it's also to be perfectly honest, like it's, it is a little bit selfish driven in the fact that like, (laughs) I just want to challenge myself. I also I also want to face um, fears slash insecurities of being perfect and you know trying to deliver this like perfect product whereas I, I want people to know that like I'm a human being and I make mistakes and I don't always hit the mark and um, it's it's a chance to be vulnerable, but it's also a chance to to allow myself to work through problems on stage and, and, you know, uh, songs that I've been afraid to sing songs that people have requested for years. And I'm like, no way I'm not doing that. Cause I'll never be as good as that. Per- so-and-so, you know, insert anybody, yeah. but it's also really about me finding my own take and my own version on songs that, millions of people have recorded and performed and letting that be enough instead of the comparison game. So a lot of it is like
0: <laughs>
1: me trying to like evolve. Um and you know, it's just there happen there's gonna happen to be an audience in front of me. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're along for the ride. This is more um, about you. This is a, this is an Eden focused show. Well I
1: mean <laughs>
0: There's nothing wrong
1: it's, with that, yeah, I think it's i I think over time, you know it's funny because I feel like when you're known for a certain thing and you' you've had the the good fortune to be in this industry long enough, um, people just expect a certain thing and that's not a bad thing, but you sometimes lose sight of trying to stretch and evolve and grow and then I personally have gotten um you know kind of held back or bogged down with I'm never going to be able to live up to my 25 year old self or my 30 year old self and it's a constant for myself comparing to my younger self in a way and I and I I just want to show up Uh, as the artist who, where I am today and who I am today. So instead of me going, Oh, but you know, people are going to want to hear all of these songs that like I'm known for singing and I am, I feel like I'm not going to be able to like nail it. And I just, if I don't nail it, it's going to be okay. Like I'll still sing the song, but (laughs) like I might do a little bit different version or I might hit that note and go, okay, that happened. Let's try it again. Which I just want to feel free and I want to feel, you know, fun. And I just, I just want it to feel different. Uh, I'm just trying it this time around. I thought a residency would be a perfect time to try this and we'll
0: see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's perfect. Well, and and fe- feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on anything that I say in this next sentence or two. But I would imagine that when you're talking sure. about comparing yourself to the 25-year-old version of yourself, I would imagine that a lot of people still view you as this belter with this great, you know, this range and hitting these notes whether it's uh Brooklyn or wicked mm-hmm. or whatever. How has that changed sure. since then? I mean, is if not, I'm sure that's to what people expect, but how have you changed? How do you view yourself in relation to who you were a decade or so ago?
1: Uh, well, I think that I, have I'm just i um, I'm a more centered, grounded person. You know, I've, I've lived a lot of life um, personally and professionally since then, but I, I think that you sometimes don't get to know the artist as the human being, you know, as as who you are today. So the difference between eating at 25 and, and almost 42 is immense. Um, <laughs> I know that sure. I, I have a lot more to say. I'm not afraid to, like, share my opinion. Um, I'm not afraid to... Show my mistakes and my vulnerability, and I think that in today's society and industry, I think that 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 that's refreshing and unexpected. And so I wanted I wanted people to just have an opportunity to not only come and enjoy me singing and my interpretation of music, um, but also just get to know me today a little bit more and to leave feeling like I feel like I got a glimpse into that person's heart and not just their vocal cords, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and last year you were out on tour with Falsettos and for me, Mm. kind of knowing what you've done in your career, like trying to felt that felt like a natural role for you to fit in, but it is different than a lot of the stuff that Mm. you've done. What did that experience, because it sounds kind of like, the experience of falsettos, whether consciously or not, or maybe I'm projecting yeah. translates into kind of some of this vulnerability that you're talking about for this show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, Falsettos was like the, the greatest gift that I didn't know I needed that I was <laughs> trying to, like, to avoid. Um, you know, I, it was the big, it was the biggest lesson in, um, not limiting yourself by saying, I'm not right for that part. Um, it came around a couple of times and I I kept saying like, I don't think I'm right for Trina. And also I don't want a tour. And then the third time it came around, I was like, okay, Eden, you're going in. This is James Lapine <laughs> and Bill Finn. Like yeah. they've asked three times you need to get over yourself and just go in and maybe you know you never know um and so I you know I ended up getting getting the job which I think that because I was not an obvious choice for Trina um because again I feel like the last time I was on Broadway was in 2008 and so people automatically are like wait a minute you're not 42 almost, you know, I'm 42 in like a week, but like, you know what I mean? You're not. And I'm like, no, actually I am. Like, So it
0: was,
1: you know, I think it was because I wasn't an obvious choice, but it was also, I was finishing going through a divorce and it was just, I, it was the most beautiful cathartic gift that I didn't know that I needed playing that role. And it forced me to deal with a lot of emotions that I thought I had dealt, that I had gotten over, um, on stage in front of people. And you know, that particular cast, we all really rolled up our sleeves and got dirty with that material. Like we really went all in every single night. And um, it was a beautiful group of actors that I I couldn't have asked for better people to to play in the sandbox with and, and share that material and, and share that stage. Um, I was just with some of them last night and we were just freaking out that it was a year ago and that we started rehearsals. And um, so yeah, falsettos was a, was definitely a catalyst in in trying to just live openly and authentically as an artist and as a human.
0: And, while this seems like a complete left turn um, from talking about falsettos, something else that you Mm. recently wrapped up, I think you don't think of an animated TV series uh, being something where you can really kind of dive into some of those things, but the Tangled series is finished. I know you've just recently finished uh, recording things, but like, while I am uh, about your age and I don't watch a ton of cartoons with Disney plus, like I've, started flipping through some things. And with all the Broadway folks on that show, like I've watched some of the episodes, like that's not, I mean, there's a lot more substance and depth to cartoons than I remember from when I was a kid. So it seems like there's actually some of that, uh, some of those same types of things from falsettos, maybe on a different scale, but in tangled as well.
1: Absolutely. And that's, that is one of the things that I, I love about, um, our creator one of uh, Chris Sonnenberg who just strives for challenging people and an integrity and the buy-in that in, that entire creative team has for that show is just beautiful. And, um, you know, I, I finished my last, we all are done recording and there's still episodes left to air, but, right. um, it's, uh, it's getting a lot of traction now that it's on Disney plus and people, more people have access to it, but I'm so proud of that show and and my part in it. And it was an absolute dream come true Just you know, singing original Alan Lincoln stuff and working with, <laughs> with, you know, we are never in the same room together, but when you see the finished product, you know, you're like, it's, you're, I'm just blown away by, by the talent all around creatively yeah. and artists and writers and all of that. So I love, I'm obsessed with it.
0: Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that your history with Disney goes way further back than just this show too, right?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in Orange County, so, you know, Disney has been in my blood for my entire life and I've had a lot of, a lot of, you know, dream, you know, bucket list moments with, that company of just working there alone in entertainment was one and recording the music for one of the fireworks show was two, you know, creating an original voicing, an original animated character for them was three. You know, I just, um, I love that company. I love Disney and um, yes, it's forever in my DNA.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's pull back to some things, some New York centric things. Obviously you're, concert residency at green room 42 is unplanned and all that stuff but you have another concert mm-hmm. uh coming up that i I'm, I'm guessing is going to be more structured or maybe you jessica and alex are I gonna do so. like they're gonna do like rock paper scissors to figure out who sings which narrator part or something <laughs> for joseph like how is that gonna work
1: i it's a good question i you know and and Jess and I have been like Marco polling back and forth and we're like have they signed anything to you about do we need to be out book for say or you know or what you're singing or what you know I'm singing and yeah we don't know I mean <laughs> I know that like everybody is super excited and it's almost sold out and they just released the cast list the That's was the, the cast and um it's just going to be a huge party and these are just full of friends old and new from different you know, different shows and different projects. And I'm so excited to work with Michael. Uh, you know, he and I have been friends for years. Um, and so I'm excited to work with him as a director and to reunite with Stephen Arimus. And as far as the way that they're going to split up the role, we have no idea. We've been asked <laughs> to be familiar with the entirety of the role so that when we get there, they can easily, you know, divide. And I just hope that, we're going to do a lot of three part harmony. I can't wait oh, to yeah. share the stage with every single person that's been cast. It's going to be a very, very special night.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the cast, we're recording the day after they've released the entire cast, and it's a, a veritable who's who of Broadway favorites. So this is yeah, definitely going to be I'm like so one of those very, very cool experiences. But This obviously is not the first time you've done one of these like show concerts. That's also a very big deal. Uh, You did one last fall with Brooklyn. And I I just have to say, I've written this and I've said it on air before, but Once Upon a Time will never not be one of the most thrilling performances ever ever captured on a cast album for me, especially when you consider that it yes. was recorded live. Um and again, yeah. That was a long time yeah. ago. I know artists changed, but I i just have to wonder what it was like to be back with so much of that original group to perform that show in Brooklyn, actually this time.
1: hmm Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was insane. And this was, you know, my first time producing an event. So I was wearing a lot of hats. But I just um, Very cool. It was a beautiful moment um, to come back together, and we originally, you know, were going to have Clavant and Kevin, and then Clavant booked the Wicked tour, and then Kevin booked a play. So, you know, they they weren't able to make it after all. But the people who were there were were meant to be there, and just like it was just a trip revisiting the music, and we had all of our original band as well. So even hearing oh, stories awesome. from them. And it was a, it was a magical moment, a, a magical evening. And, and the fact that it was in Brooklyn was also super special. Um, so it just felt, it felt like home, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, you know, there was kind of, that musical was uh, before its time, I think. And so totally. there was a lot of, there's a lot of feelings that came along with that musical and um, baggage is a strong word, but uh-huh. it just felt good to get back together after all these years and just celebrate the music of that beautiful show. You know, the music is really the, the standout of all of it. And to revisit it 15 years later with, um, with everyone who was there to, to, to be a part of it all those years ago, it was so special and I'm, I'm glad that we pulled it off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sound like, you sound like you're not for a while there. You might not have been sure that you were actually going to be able to pull it off. Well,
1: because yeah, know, you know, <laughs> snags happen and venues pull out and you know, it's like so many things. It, it, there were a lot of, a lot of hurdles to, to jump over. Um And it, everything just kept working out. And that's how, you know, that like, you know, it was supposed to that's happen. Awesome. Not the way you thought it was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. um in a different way, but in, and the way that it was meant to be, which was
0: which was special in itself. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um another thing yeah. that's uh I think going to be very special is a certain show that you have been a part of has announced uh a, a run at the Low Playhouse. No casting has been officially announced yeah. for that run. You've tweeted about it, but I don't know if I sh am I should ask about anything that hasn't been announced or if that's not fair, if you have like NDAs or anything, but, um, we don't, we don't have NDAs. Okay. Um, so I'll let you say I, whatever you want to say about Limpika. I just wasn't, I didn't want to put you on the spot if I shouldn't, yeah. I guess.
1: No, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Yeah. No NDA has been signed. Um, I, I feel safe enough to say that my, I, I'm, I am continuing with the show through La Jolla Um, and I don't, I honestly don't know what's happening after that. Like people have said, Oh, it's, well, it's been slated for Broadway. They're trying to get a theater. I don't know that to be the case. I literally hope it is. Um, I'm sure they'll, that we'll know more, you know, um, after the run, but yeah, we had a a very successful, um, development lab in December here in New York. Um, and, yeah, they're just working really hard to make it in the best shape that it can be and every time we revisit um you know, structurally a lot of things change which and they they've all been for the better. Um we couldn't be in better hands uh, creatively. Our our sure. writers are impeccable and Rachel Chapkin is always the smartest person in the room. Um so she pulls things off that that seem impossible. Um, and she always does it with like a warm, loving energy that is just beautiful to be around. So, um, the show is just, it's a very special piece. And this woman lived an extraordinary life and she needs to be celebrated and recognized. And, um, I just, it's, it's one of those unicorn pieces that it, it's just, very, very special. And I, um, I'm so excited to, to bring it to La Jolla and hopefully back to New York after that.
0: Yeah. And I know that you have had a fairly long relationship and collaboration with, uh, the composer, Matt Gould as well. So what is, what has that relationship been like, you know, from whenever it started up until taking this incredibly highly anticipated show out on the road before hopefully coming back to Broadway?
1: Yeah, yeah. I am um, I I saw a presentation at Columbia of a show called Witness Uganda and Oh right. I was I had to sit in that theater by myself and I was just sobbing. I had never been moved by something that wow. different. I just had to know who these people were, Matt Gould and Griffin Matthews. And I, I immediately sent him a Facebook message at the time and saw that years prior, he had sent me a Facebook message saying like, (laughs) "I'm I'm an up and coming composer and I'm such a fan and I would love to meet with you. And I didn't answer him back and I was mortified because I instantly became the, the hugest fangirl of their work. And and um I just offered up I said, you know, anytime if you just it doesn't have to be an official reading or if you just wanna try out a new song, like I just wanna be a part of anything wow. that you do, that's how much this you that's affected so cool. me. And yeah, and so we became friends first, you know. I didn't um, we just Started seeing each other around town more and I did different readings of different pieces that they were developing and, and there were other people attached to Lempika for years at the time and, and, um, but I had gone to several readings and I just knew there was something about it and I knew that I knew that I was meant to, to be a part of this show and I didn't know that was the way it was going to pan out. if if that makes sense. I knew nobody was going to be able to play that role like me because I just saw her. I, I saw, I just saw her. And I, and I thought, you know, it might not ever happen because over the years there were like huge names, you know, like musical theater Queens attached.
0: Some that you've actually mentioned in this conversation, I believe.
1: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I just knew you might not ever get the chance to play this role, but nobody is ever going to play this role like you. Of course, and no one would play any other role like in film. But there was just something about it that I knew I was connected to and drawn to. Um, And it just so happens that all these years later, um, it it came, and I, I I had a turn with it by a fluke. Um, There there had been a a, there had been a presentation at NAMS and Casey Levy was supposed to do it and she got really really sick and Matt called me and was like you have three days can you come in and (laughs) and do this presentation and I said yes and then it moved on you know it got a lot of producers involved that then wanted a bigger name so they had other people come in and and uh and then Cynthia Rebo was, had done a reading at Williamstown and, and then of course she started becoming a huge movie star. And then they had auditions again. And I had, and I, I was like, I'm going to audition until this part is mine. And so I had three auditions for Williamstown and the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> so That's amazing. I, I fought, I fought very hard and I, I wanted it very, very bad
0: and here we are. <laughs> That's so cool. And and then here in a few months, you're going to not not get it up on its feet for the first time because it had the the run at Williamstown, but really the first right. big major uh, run of this show is, is coming very soon. Then, and uh, yeah. so many of us are yeah. excited uh, about what the future holds for this project and and for you especially so, so glad. very excited to Thank see you. what happens from this and we will wrap up here um with one last question to get it back to mm-hmm. the green room 42 residency um you yeah. said it's going to be unplanned there's going to be requests every audience is going to kind of determine what that specific show is but you also did say mm-hmm. when you did something similar out in california with uh, shoshana That you did have a set list. So are there things that are definitely going to have to be a part of each night? Maybe something from Limpika or something that you've done before that people can be like, Oh yeah, Yeah. I know I'm gonna get this if I go, even if everything else is different in the evening.
1: Yes. I mean I I think uh and today's like sort of been press day, so you're not the first person who's asked me that. Um and There's definitely going to be set lists every week. There's going to be a section every week that is request only. And that, that, that request section is going to be musical theater only. So every week audience will have the chance to yell out musical theater requests. That's Um I, every week I will have some music from my, my album that I wrote revelation. Um, and then I will probably throw in like the, I figure there will definitely be music from Limpica, Um And those are the only things, because I figure, I figure on the, on the request section that people are going to, it's going to be the same amount, the probably yeah, yeah. around the same handful of songs that people request. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to put all the oldies but goodies in. And um. I will probably, I always end my show the same way with Look Around um, from, from Real Wilder's Follies, which was yeah. the title of my first album, uh, just because it's, it's special to me and dedicated to a friend of mine and I love the sentiment of it. So I always end it with that. I might always open with the same thing too, which might be a favorite from, another favorite from Look Around. Um, so I'm just now starting to put all of that stuff together. So I don't have a definite answer, but I
0: have. That's all right. That's vague, perfect.
1: Preliminary answers.
0: <laughs> no. And, and for something like this, being vague is okay. I think that's uh that fits in perfectly okay. with the sentiment of this concert. Well, I'm incredibly yeah. excited to see uh, the show and very much looking forward to everything with Limpica and everything else. Um, as I said, I'm a huge fan. Thank so I you wish so you. Thank you so much for taking the time. No, thank you. And I wish you nothing but the best and uh, have a great run at Green Room and then out in La Jolla as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tommy Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at matt. You can also reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have social media information for Eden Espinosa as well as information to her concerts at the Green Room 42 in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to the wonderful Eden Espinosa, Dan Fortune, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio was possible, James Marino thanks again for listening and remember let the melody carry you leave all your fears behind always get a second scoop and when you get the chance ask people to tell you more